0: Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planteden, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development, so we can be strong role models for those we love, and mentor, and strong for our own personal well-being. Today, we are going to begin a new book, and it's by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, who was a plastic surgeon who found himself delving into the psychology of people and their own self-image when their thought process their thoughts about themselves didn't improve after, say, let's getting a scar removed from your face, whatever the case may be, they still felt a lack of self-worth. So this is going to be an interesting read, an interesting journey, and the whole reason I am doing the psychology of self-image from this book is because it's been a super hot topic on this podcast, and I thought, you know what, if people are really struggling with this, let's continue that conversation. So here we go. The chapter is called Your Self-Image Can Give You a Starring Role on Life's Stage. You are the director, the actor. You can change the story as it unfolds. Now, this instant, and for your whole lifetime. You can make this a success story. You can be the hero and conquer the villain. You can make this a heartwarming story, which will enrich the lives of all who know you, rather than a drab mechanical tale, a chronicle of boredom. It's all inside of you. It all depends on what you do with an image you carry inside you. An image which is your most important tool for good or for ill. It all depends on you and your self-image. And he says the self-image is your own conception of the sort of person you are. It is a product of past experiences, successes and failures, humiliations and triumphs and the way other people react to you, especially in early childhood. From these factors and from others, which we shall discuss later, you build up a picture of yourself, which you believe is true. The picture may be false, and in many cases is false, but the important fact here is that you act just as if it was true. For all intents and purposes, it is true. And you ask, in that case, my picture of myself as a weakling, as a victim, the person who everything happens to is true. What comfort is that? There is a wonderful comfort in one fact embodied in two little words. As if. You see, I said you act as if the picture were true. But is it? Since this picture, self-image, can change and has been changed in thousands of cases, there's no Cause for despair. Understand this. You are the writer. You are the director. You are the actor starring in this picture. And how do you change your own personal self image between me, myself, and I? What's going up in that brain, our minds? What is wandering? What are we imagining? What are we making up? What do we think we actually know? Well, he goes on to say. Think in new categories. This is what I hope to help you do. Think, feel, act in a new category. Re-examine what you've taken for granted. Become dissatisfied with proof. Broaden your beliefs. In other words, change your self-image. This is a mental blueprint that you have to change within yourself. All our actions and emotions are consistent with our self-image. You will act like the sort of person you think you are. You simply can't act otherwise, even if you exercise all your willpower. The person who thinks they are a failure type of person will find a way to fail, no matter how hard they try to succeed, even if a few good breaks do come your way. The person who thinks they're just unlucky will manage to prove that they are indeed a victim of bad luck. Hmm. You're not a victim. The self-image is the foundation stone of our whole personality. Because of this, our experiences seem to verify and thereby strengthen our self-image, set up a vicious or pleasant cycle. And, you know, numerous discussions and studies have been done on this where two people can have the exact same job at the exact same company. One succeeds and the other fails. Is it their self image? Is it how they identify with themselves? Do they see themselves actually in that role? Do they identify with that picture? Do they identify? It's like, yeah, I'm so proud to be selling these beautiful. Cars, where the other person's like, oh, I only sell cars for a living. That self image, that rotation, what you're giving back is all what this is about. If you think you're really helping somebody in meeting their, you know, that's my dream car, I love it. Or if you think, oh, crap, I hate selling cars you're not going to succeed at doing it. The herein lies the problem. Do you identify with what you're doing or who you're being or what you're becoming? goes on to say, or, this is basic, the self-image can be changed. One is never too young nor too old to change their self-image and start a new, more productive, creative life. Oh, positive thinking, he says, though, can be used as a kind of crutch for the same old self-image. But it will not be really effective. For how can one think positively about some situation if one carries with them a negative opinion about their very self? A basic conflict is set up here. But many experiments have shown that once the idea of self is changed, other things consistent with the new concept may be accomplished, often without great strain. If one's self-image is nourished on past successes, it will be pleasant. But if inhibitions have blocked off the road to success and past failures clutter up the mind, one's self-image will be poor. As, (laughs) As he's spoken to in the past about That uh, example I gave you where he removed someone's scar on their face and they still weren't happy. They weren't being true to their own self, were they? Thank you, William Shakespeare. So what do you think of yourself? I mean, what do you really think of yourself deep down inside? Do you like yourself? Or do you regard yourself with distrust? you expect too much of yourself, or do you sit back passively, waiting for life to come to you, for people to do things for you? Do you set reasonable goals for yourself, goals whose accomplishment will help you feel whole and alive, or do you let other people tell you what to do, what to think, how to behave? (laughs) Pushing buttons, right? Do you think you're good-looking, or do you secretly think of your too-long nose, or your too-big-of-mouth? What you think is very important. Ah, Your own worst enemy, right? So how then does one live a happy life? How does one find joy living in this busy, complicated world of ours? What is the secret? It is really so simple, he says. To really live, to find life enjoyable, you must have a realistic, adequate self-image, one that you can live with. You must like and trust yourself. You must feel that you can express yourself without fear of exposure. You must feel no need to hide your true self. You must know yourself well. Your self-image must be realistic, what you really are. You feel good when your self-image is intact and adequate. You feel full of confidence when you're ready to show the world what you are and you're proud of it. You breathe life, give deeply to life, and take happily from it. That is, in a nutshell, the secret. The secret to success is the secret in your self-image. And I am coming full circle here from the quote I said from Emerson at the beginning of the episode. But that is the secret sauce. In your own self-image and that's why you know when you have children you have this amazing opportunity amazing opportunity to help them mold their self-image to have those discussions to have the opportunity to build confidence and trust and self-worth to help them form And change. But here's the other secret sauce. Our brains are plastic. Our minds are full of imagination and creativity. So it's never too late. Regardless of what's happened in the past, where you've been, what you've done, you have the opportunity, a choice to change within, to change your attitude, to change your own self-image. And you'll, you know, hold your head up high, have some confidence, have some dignity. Don't worry about what's not in your control. That is one huge lesson (laughs) I still remind myself of daily. If you can't control it, you have to have a little attitude adjustment, right? (laughs) And So here he says, to improve your self-image. You must be willing to apply your mental energies in doing these vital practice exercises. If you work hard at them, you can change. More than that, the changes may seem miraculous to you and your friends, but you must work hard, stepping out on the stage of your mind to practice. That's what craftsmanship is. That's what mastery is. And at first, you will flub your lines and miss your cues. Yeah, a little bit of struggle in the beginning. Don't worry about it and don't blame yourself for it. Change takes time and effort. And then you're going to be in the apprentice stage, right? But if you keep at it, the production will be smooth later on. There's only one corner of the universe you can be certain of improving. And that's your own self. That's a quote from Huxley, a great English writer. And that's just what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to add episodes a little quicker than once a week. Because once you've digested this thought, and that's why I break down these books for you, digest this thought that you are in control. You can have that little chat with your own mindset, your own personal self-image. And once you can lift that up, you will live a more inspired life. Well, if you like the show, share it with somebody you know, and hey, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss the next episode. This is going to be an amazing journey. You can take the whole summer to just keep listening and re-listening and rewinding to hear the wisdom of the <laughs> magic power of self-image psychology. We'll see you soon.